into the word of the Lord. I really want to get into the word of the Lord today, this morning. There is a word that the Lord put in my heart, and I, I, I just really want to, I, and my prayer is, my prayer is that this word encourages us, that it'll encourage us and, and spark something in us to move closer to the heart and the mind of the Lord. Father, we pray this morning that your word will go forth with clarity, with understanding, that it'll go from your heart to our heart, because truly that that comes from the heart goes to the heart. And we want the word that you've spoken from your heart to touch our heart today. Let there be an anointing upon the word that not only breaks and destroys yokes, but will cause a stirring on the inside and a movement towards your heart and your mind. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank God. Amen. 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 I I have been, I think it was Tuesday, just before the, well, when it was time to teach the Bible study, the Lord really dropped something. Or when I was preparing for the Bible study, the Lord really dropped something in my heart. Um, and uh, let me say this. I bless the Lord for my brother. I, I'm, I, if I try to mention your name, is it, uh, I think it's Pastor Manasseh. I think that's how you pronounce it. And he's from Africa. It's very faithful, very faithful, faithful to the work there. We bless the Lord for you today also. want to honor you. Thank you for joining in with us this morning. Amen. Well, the Lord dropped this in my heart. Um, I heard this, this message preached years ago to a certain extent. And, but, uh, but the words that he dropped in my heart was simply this. And, the, and I taught it in a Bible study. And it comes from the it it, it comes from uh, Second Kings. Let's go in, first of all in Second Kings the sixth chapter. I want to go there first. We're going to talk more about Second Kings the seventh chapter, but I want us to look at Second Kings the sixth chapter this morning, and there we'll find an account where the king of Syria of Syria his name was ben, <clears throat> I'm sorry Benadad. He wanted to conquer the children of Israel. And he, he tried for several times, he tried. And I really have to kind of laugh when I, when I even think about this, this particular passage because you just can't outdo God. And there is no weapon that's formed against the people of God that will prosper. Because every time he made plans to go up against him, the, the Lord would speak to his prophet, the prophet Elisha was there with the children of Israel, or either he may not have been in the city with them, but he was there and something would happen. The, the king would plot to come in this way. Elisha could be over here, wherever he was, and he would hear a word from the Lord and the Lord would tell him what the king's plan is. And then he would send a message to the king and then the king could move and change and counter whatever it was that Behanadad was, Behanadad was trying to do. So now, <laughs> every single time, it got to the place where the king even felt that there was a spy in his own camp who was going working with the children of Israel. He was working with the children of Israel. And, but the king's, the, 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 the king's men came and told him, said, no, the, we don't have a spy here, but what's happening? Every, there, there is a man of God. There is a prophet of God who's telling them everything that we plan. He said, the Lord will speak to him at night on his bed. He says, and that's, let me tell you the value of having someone who's in tune with God around you and or either the value of you being in tune with God. And, and, and what that is, is that the Lord will lead and guide us. He will give us the, the wisdom of the spirit as to what to do, how to do and what not to do. He'll tell us all we've got to do is listen and obey. 
So the king, as he would hear the words from the prophet Elisha, he would do whatever it was. He foiled the man, the the, the, the king Behenadad's plans, Behenadad was always, plans were always foiled. And so it made him very angry. I mean, it made him very angry to the point where he said he wanted to get Elijah. He wanted Elijah's head. So now here it is. So he sends a, a, a great host of people, to a, a great host of, of his army down to get this one man. Let me tell you this too. Let me tell you this. One person full of the Holy Ghost is no match. The devil is no match for one person, just one person full of the Holy Ghost and completely surrendered and given over to the spirit. Completely and surrendered. Their lives have been completely and surrendered to be used by the spirit. None of us, none of us, if, if we've got, and first of all, Sister Sonia said something at the end, we've got to know who we are. If we know who we are, we will realize that the devil is no match for us. The devil nor his demons are no match for one of us who has given over to the leading and the guiding and obeying the Holy Spirit. I want us to see this. They sent, they sent, he sent this mighty army to capture, to capture the man of God, the, the, the prophet of God. And what happened what made it even worse when he sent him first some time before he had they they were inside of one of his plans he had made uh, Elisha prayed and God calls all of that out the whole army's eyes to be blinded he's already really mad at him now he hears that he's telling him the telling the king all of his plans and so now he's really mad so he sends these people to get him and again now this is where he he this again he he's after him. He prays that this is, okay, this is the time, I'm sorry. This is the time when they were blinded. They were blinded. And so Elisha decides, he said, okay, I'm going to lead them around. He's thinking he's, gonna, they're gonna, he's leading them back to where they belong. But he leads them down to uh, where the king of, king of the Israelites were. And when he leads them there, the king comes to him. And I want you to hear this. The king comes to him and said, should we kill him? It's not about just to take all the heads up. Elisha said, no, we're not going to kill him. He said, but he said, give him good food. Fix him a good meal. Fix them a good meal. And that's something that he did. I want us to see the heart there. These people were coming to kill him. They had been sent with a purpose to kill him. But when Elisha had, Elisha had the upper hand, he did not take advantage of those who had, had, had come even to do him harm. How many of us, even those of us who have the Holy Ghost, when God delivers our offenders into our hands, how many of us decide, oh, I got him now. I got him now. But I heard my mother say something years ago. She said this. She said, God will allow your enemy to become your footstool. But she said this, but you better not put your foot on him. 
See, because God is full of mercy. And this is just a sidebar here. How many times have we, have we disobeyed God or done things that would not, was not pleasing to the Lord, but God didn't crap, crap, put a, a rock on us or put his foot on us. But often when we feel we have the upper hand, we won't feed and do well. We won't do like the prophet uh, uh, Elisha said, we won't do well to our enemies, but rather we'll try to take advantage of the advantage that we have. God help us. That's just a little sidebar in there. But we've got to make sure that love is always the order of the day. So now, Elisha told the king to feed him well. And then rather than sending them back home again, he took them into the city of Samaria. They were still blinded, but he took them into the city of Samaria. Now, I want us to see something. When King Benadad heard this, he got so angry. He couldn't get a hold of Elisha. He couldn't get a hold of the city, but what he decided he was going to do, he was going to blockade the city with his mighty, because he had a mighty, mighty army. These people set up camp around the city. It's, it's what we call today an embargo. Where in, in an embargo, we've heard it, this is, this is a pol political ploy. It's where they... It's not, there's no war, there's no gun shot, no people killed as far as uh, guns being fired. But what they will do, they will block anything from going into the city or they may block, just like if, if they have to bring in food, they will block, they will set up a block at the gates or the cities or the, 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 the roads where Nothing can get in, or if it's an island, they will bar barricade the island so no ships could go in. Nothing could come out. This is what the this is what this particular king, what Benadad, did for the city of Samaria. He set up a blockade, and this was a huge army, huge army. So this army had everything it needed to sustain it for months four months. They had more than enough. I want us to look at this. Because of this embargo or because of the blockade that Benadad had, Benadad had around the city of Samaria, there was a great famine in the land. It wasn't that it was because of a, a lack of rain. It still rained. The Bible doesn't say anything about a, a, a drought. It was just a famine, which means there was no food. There were no provisions. The people were hungry. The people were starving. The people were dying because remember the blockade prevented anything from going in. They couldn't bring any food in. They couldn't bring anything in that would help sustain them during this time. So here they are. They're in the city. And this went on for a long time. This went on for a long time. It got so bad that the king of Israel went out into the city when he's going to go out and see what was going on. 
And when he went out, he heard these two ladies arguing. This is how bad it got. He heard these two ladies arguing. And when he heard them arguing, what were they arguing about? He, they said, one lady said, King, me and this lady right here, we came up with a plan. They were hungry. These people were starving. They decided, both of them had babies. They decided, we're going to boil my baby today. And then tomorrow, and we're going to eat him. And then tomorrow we're going to eat your child. So they boiled her baby. This is what they're telling the king. We boiled my baby yesterday. But now today when it's time to kill her baby, she says she don't know where her baby is. That's how bad things got. The king was devastated to see that his people, the people whom he was serving, had gotten to this position. It even got so where the people started blaming Elisha. They wanted to blame him. They wanted to blame him. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. That's another whole message right there. They wanted to blame him for what they were dealing with. Now, this takes me to my scripture this morning. I'm going to 2 Kings now, the seventh chapter. And I want to start reading at the first verse. 2 Kings, the seventh chapter. Turn with me in your Bibles or on your devices or however, turn with me there. And the word of the Lord says this, then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Now the people were in peril. He said, thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now remember this, we've got to remember, there was no food. There was nothing. How many times has the Lord spoke to us and we can't see a way? We don't see how this is possibly. We don't see how this can possibly happen. But when the Lord speaks, his word is sure. Then verse two, the Lord on, those, on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God, and said, behold, if, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, behold, thou shalt see it with, this is what Elijah said to him. You're going to see it with your eyes, but you're not going to eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering. This is verse three. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said to one another, why sit we here until we die? This brings to the title of my sermon. It says this, let's do something. And I don't usually use subtitles, but as I was even going back over the message and, and just looking at it, I heard this in my spirit. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Let's do something. Let's do something. And is there anything, as a subtitle, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I want us to look back there in verse three. There were four leprous men sitting at the gate on the outside of the city. You see, they were outside, number one, because the Bible declares that they were lepers. They were lepers. 
Leprosy in Bible times was a disease that if, if you were found with leprosy, normally it would start as a blemish on your skin and it would grow and it would move. Leprosy is pretty much, they say in our time has been eradicated, but it would grow. Sometimes it would get so bad that the, 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 the individual's digits would fall off, either their fingers or their toes or the nose or whatever, but it would fall off because the leprosy would just eat away at the outs of the flesh. It would eat, eat away at the flesh. And they deemed that it was so contagious, so contagious that anyone with leprosy had to sit, had to stay away or stay away, quarantine from anyone else. And if they were, if they had, if they had to go around people, they would have to cry out leprosy, leper, 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 to vote so that other people would know they were coming so that they would stay away from them. So now here we have four lepers and these four lepers were on the outside of the city. This is where they sat. Sometimes people be merciful. They couldn't come and give them a plate of food because they couldn't get that close to them. The law forbid it. But sometimes people would throw food over the walls. So what I, and it, in my reading um, and, and studying for the day, I, I read where one, one person, in, one individual said, sometimes they would throw food over the walls for them. Or either sometimes they would set food down a ways from them and then they would go and get the food. But see now here, there is no food in the city. There's nothing in the city for them to throw over the walls. These people were dejected. They were rejects. They were homeless. And you have to, they had, before they were, they had, before they came down with leprosy or con contracted leprosy, they had lives. They had lives. They had families. But these, they, they had jobs, they worked, they supported their families. But now you find these four lepers on the outside of the city, separated from everybody else. So here they are. The Bible says there in, in verse three, why sit we here? They're saying this to one another. Why sit we here? until we die. Why? It didn't matter what they did in their life before. Didn't matter how well known they might have been in the city. Didn't mean, didn't matter how well they were known anywhere. But why sit we here until we die? My Lord. Can you imagine how they felt? We've been in quarantine since when? March, I think it is, since about March. But since we've been quarantined, it has had an effect on some people, a lot of people, a whole lot of us. Sometimes I need, me, with me personally, I need to get out of the house. So I may get in my car and I'll just drive. Sometimes I drive up the street, up and down, and come back, and that's enough. But some people don't have, it, they, they, some people are not living with others. I thank God for my husband, Bishop Ed. You know, for, I thank God for him and for more than one thing. Not, not, 
Just the fact that he takes good care of me I, and that he loves me. I bless God for that. But just imagine being in quarantine with somebody you don't like. Oh my God. I am so grateful to the Lord for the man that he put in, the man who came to Detroit, Michigan and found me. I am grateful. So I, there are times when we can just sit and talk. Times we may laugh. Times, you know, we, we can talk the word. We can just talk about life. We can talk. But some people doesn't have, don't have that. Some people, they're alone. So imagine these lepers, they cannot, they can't go back to their old lives, can't go back to their families, can't find, can't look at the children, can't go back to work. Sitting outside of the city alone. We've got to do something. Let's do something. He, verse four says, is if we say, we will enter into the city. Then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we also die. If we go back into the city, we're going to die. There's no food there. And the people are probably going to kill us anyway. But if we sit here, we're still going to die. We've got to do something. So what they're saying is this, now therefore come and let us fall on the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. <laughs> they may save us alive, but they may kill us. And the other three options were, the other option was go to the city, they're going to kill us. Or three out, two options. The other option was stay out here, we're going to die. Go in the city, we're going to die. But we, if we go to the camp of the Syrians, they may save us alive. We've got to do something. And some of us, and I want us to look at this through the eye of the spirit. Many of us, many people, and you all may say I say this a lot, but this is something the Lord has put on my heart. Many people feel that life has completely stopped because they can't do what they used to do in church. So therefore, they cannot do, or some of them can't go to their jobs. Some of them, they, they feel like their whole self-worth was connected only to church. They feel like life has stopped because they can't get up and out like they used to. This is not to negate the fact that some people are hungry. This is not to negate the fact that some people don't have jobs and don't know where the next, next anything is coming from. That there's no food. I'm not talking about that. Those things are real. Situations in life are real. There are people who are hurting and that's real. People have, we're losing loved ones. It's real. But I have, we have choices. We've got to do something about the choice to either sit here and allow myself to go into deep depression or to get up 
and do something about it. I am the kind of person, I do not like what we call gray days. I do not like what we call gray days. Gray days to me are in the winter time and even sometime in the, in the, in during the other parts of the year where it's gray day after day after day after day. Day after day, maybe raining. We've had a lot of rain and, and our prayers are with other parts of the country that even like in Texas and other parts and up in the north where the weather and the snow has been so much, our prayers are with them. God knows, God knows and we're grateful but that, that the Lord spared us because we, because we've had a lot of rain and day after day, it has rained after day, no sunshine. Thank God yesterday in the day, the sun came out again, bless the Lord. But I don't do well personally with gray days. I really don't day after day after day. I need light. I need light. So sometimes I'll just turn on the light. And, 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 you know, just turn on the light. I mean, I'm one of those individuals. I like the light. But in, inside of those gray days, I know how I feel in those times. But I can't allow myself to go with it, if you understand what I'm saying. I have to recognize what's happening to me, and I have to deal with it. And I have to deal with not just in the natural by turning on lights, but I have to deal with it in the spirit, realizing that God can still lift me from those gray days. God is above gray days. The, the light of his countenance can shine upon us. The light of his countenance can shine upon us. And we can, God can lift us. But I have got to realize I'm slipping here. And I've got to ask God for help. It's not enough for us to stay there and not allow and ask God for help. Time, yes, it's the truth. Times are rough. Yes, it's the truth. And my heart goes out so deeply. I was looking at some of the pictures on the internet with, about in Texas. How the, Those people, are not a, we're talking Texas. They're not accustomed to this kind of snow. They're not accustomed to this kind of water and rain. We're talking Texas. Ice cubes on the ceiling fans. God help them. God send them some help. Send them some help. And that is indeed our prayer. That's what we're praying. God send them help. There's no, and if it's something we can do, God show us how we can help. Help, Lord. But those people need help. They need help. But God is our help. And it's not just that, but even right here, wherever this is, wherever we're listening, look at your situation. What are you going through? Times are not easy for any of us. And it's not just about money. People with money suffer. People with money are going through. People without money are going through. Pain is pain. Hurt is hurt. But one thing I know, God is a God of he will help us if we ask him. He'll help us if we ask him. Jeremiah, the 32nd chapter in the 27th verse says this. He said, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. And he said that this God asked this question. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything 
This is God talking. Too hard for me. When I say we must do something, we can't just sit here thinking about how bad our situation is and what happened and what somebody did to us. Think ourselves totally into depression. But one thing is certain, God has said, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? Nothing is too hard for the Lord. But doing nothing is not an option. I can't just sit here and die. I can't just sit here and stay in depression. God, you've got to come and see about me. Holy Spirit, come and see about me. It's one of the options. I have the option to sit right here or I have the option to get up, shake myself, do like David did and encourage myself in the Lord. I may be here today, but does not mean that I'm going to be here tomorrow. Let's go on. Let's see what the word of the Lord says. We're not going to sit here until we die. Verse 8. And they, we're talking about the, the lepers, they rose up in the twilight. In other words, in the early morning, they got up to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. This is a mist. This would seem as though it's a mystery. And I'm sure when they got there, they're looking around like this. Talk about a huge camp that had encamped the whole city so that the people couldn't get any food. Huge army, huge army. They came and they came with everything they needed to make sure that city was destroyed. But when these four lepers, four, got there, Nobody, not one man, not the general, not the commander, no foot soldiers, no cooks, nobody was in the camp. Then verse six says, and this is why, this is what happened. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear the no a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, lo, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites. There were several of the Hittites kings, the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. And then, so let's look at verse seven. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and horses and their asses even a camp as it was and fled for their lives. They got up because four people, lepers, who had been outcasts, who had been downtrodden, who had been talked about, who had been run down, thinking that life was over, they were walking toward the camp. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Often the reason we don't get up and go is because 
we make excuses for ourselves. Yes, they were outcasts. Yes, they were downtrodden. Yes, they had leprosy. Yes, they were hungry, but they purpose, I've got to do something. We got to do something. But now I want us to look at this. This is what we do so often. There has been a call of God on our lives, or there is a call of God on our lives. Many of us, there is a vision that the Lord has put in our lives, has put in our heart. He's given us dreams to do things. He's given us witty inventions. There are things that the Lord has put in our lives. And he's told us to do, and the Holy Spirit has told us. And, and what he's doing this morning is stirring us up again. He's letting us know. See, you remember that. You remember that. And some of us, the thing has been coming back to our mind lately. I know one person in particular, the Lord has put it in their heart to do, I know a few people, the Lord has put it in their heart to do some things with women. But it kind of got pushed to the side for whatever the reasons. But I can believe the Spirit of the Lord is stirring up some things again in the hearts of people. He's stirring some things up again in the hearts of people. And what we do is we feel that God, God is finished with us. I've messed up one time too many. God doesn't love me anymore. And we've got the devil out here talking. He's out here saying, God is through with you. But now what God is saying, I'm stirring the vision again. I'm stirring the vision again. I'm stirring the dream again. I'm letting you see that I am with you. All you got to do is get up. Get up and start going. Get up and start doing. Head toward the camp. And what God did was to make that mighty army feel that it was there were several armies coming against them. They heard horses and chariots, four leprous men walking. Don't tell me what God can't do. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? These men were completely shocked. The lepers were completely shocked when they got to got there and found the camp completely abandoned. Nobody in there. This huge army that had had called called the whole had had formed around the camp, the city, and set up the embargo. That had uh, because of what they did, there was. Famine, folks eating each other's babies. Thing, folks eating each other's babies. The army, but when God moves, when God is ready for you, when you come in agreement with what God asked for your life, don't tell me about the doors God won't open. Don't tell me how she came out. Thank you, Lord. Don't tell me what God won't do. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I don't have any money. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Let's see what happened to these. Let's see. Mm. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Hallelujah. Look in verse 8. Verse 8 says this. When these lepers came to the utmost part of the city, part of the camp, they went into one tent. And did eat and drink, and carried then then silver and gold and raiment, and went and hid it, and came again, and entered into another tent and carried thence also, and went and hid it. When the lepers they they had choices, they sat outside of the gate. Why sit we here until we die? 
What they opted to do was to get up, go into the camp of the enemy, go into the camp of the enemy where they knew food was, where they knew provision was. And what happened? God worked for them. He, look at these people who were re receiving food being thrown over the wall at them. Not only they didn't even have to go in and cook the food, because when the when the when the when the Syrians left, they left everything already prepared. Everything was there. the Bible says they went in and they ate. They went in and they ate. They found silver. They found gold. Everything they needed, the Lord had there for them. How many of us? We're not doing what we know God has charged us to do. Help me here, Holy Ghost, because you're talking to me too. We're not doing what the Lord has charged us to do because of we don't think it's enough. Or we don't, we don't know how we don't see how it's gonna happen. We don't know what's gonna happen. But but God already has a plan. Who would have thought for outcasts? can just walk toward a city. And when the people in the, toward an army rather, and when the people in the army heard, they heard chariots, don't tell me what God can't do. Is there anything too hard for God? All he's asking us to do is get up, to get up and let's do something. Don't just sit there and let the vision don't just sit there bathing our excuses, thinking that God is not working with us. Don't just sit there. Get up. Realize there is nothing too hard for God. Verse 9. Then they said one to another, we do not well. You would think everything is fine now. You would think everything is fine, Michigan. You would think everything is fine. I mean, they got the whole camp. They can live out there by themselves for years. Food enough, money, everything they needed, silver and gold. People in the city, they could set it up with people in the city had to come to them. But they say, we do not well. It's not good. This day is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. How many of us, the Lord is blessing us. He's providing for us. And we keeping it to ourselves. They said this, these are the lepers, these same outcast lepers. They said this, they said, if we hold our peace, if we tarry rather till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. They went to tell the people in the city that they were telling the king. But then, just to kind of fast forward, they told the porter who would get the message to the king. And they went back to the city. 
he could get the message to the king. But the word got out. The word got out. And the people start coming. The people start coming out to the, to the, to the tents. But now the lepers had hidden their stuff. They already had theirs. They had enough to survive. But the people start coming. <clears throat> Pardon me. Plummaging in the tents. The people start getting. And remember in the first part of the scripture, the prophet had, had prophesied that tomorrow how food was going to be so cheap. There was one man who didn't believe it. He told him, but he wasn't going to live to see it. What happened? If you read the rest of that passage, read that, read all of um, 2 Kings 6 and 7. He said this. He said, Elisha told the man this. He said, you not. it's going to happen, but you're not going to see it. You're not going to be able to, you'll see it, but you're not going to be able to live. You're not going to eat it. You're not going to get anything. He said, you're not going to get it. You're not going to, mm -mm. you're not going to be able to eat any of it. Because what happened when the people start coming, they ran him over and he was killed. They trampled, trampled, trampled on him and he was killed. Let me tell you, the word of the Lord is sure. The word of the Lord is sure. They went, these four people who folks said had no more worth. How many of us feel we don't have any more worth? That God doesn't, that God is finished with us. Even in the midst of everything that we're going through, because we don't see, we can't see how God can possibly do this. I don't see how God can possibly do this. And some of us don't want him to do it. And that's because you don't want him to do it. That's why he's doing it. He's doing it through you because of the humility of your own heart. You're not trying to seek fame and fortune for yourself, but your heart is towards people. These leopards, we don't do good. This is not good right here. Those other folks in there, the whole city in there, they're starving. People need what we have. Is there anything too hard for Anything too hard for the Lord? No, it's not. Even though the leopards weren't around everybody, but they did what was in their heart to do. They did what was in their heart to do. They not only kept it in their in their, everything in their own position. Yes, they kept some for themselves, but they didn't keep all. I'm talking, we're talking about a massive army. A massive army. And God blessed a whole city because of what was in four lepers' heart to do. Psalms 91 and 14 says this. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. This is the Lord talking. Because you loved me, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to say, I will set him on high because he hath known my name. 
I want to encourage us today to let you know that the attention of the Lord is on you. God's attention is on you. But you got to get up and start doing it. Shake yourself. Shake yourself. Get up and start doing it. Get up. Why sit you here until we die? Why are we just sitting here? Then verse 15 says, As He shall call upon me, and I will answer. And I will be with him in trouble. And I will deliver him and honor him. That's the word of the Lord. The what is it then that we need to do? We need to call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. The same people who love God here, he's saying, call on me. You say, you're going to call on him. And therefore, I will deliver you. He said, when you call on me, I'm going to answer you. And I will be with you in trouble. We're in trouble now, but we got to call on him. We need help now, but we got to call on him. He said, I will deliver him. And I'm going to honor him. We can sit here and do nothing. We can sit here and do nothing. Or we can get up and call on the Lord. He's our present help in trouble. We have forgotten who we are. And because we've forgotten who we are, We've forgotten who we have on the inside. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He's an awesome God. He loves us. Whatever the vision he's put in your heart, Holy Spirit, stir the vision again. But that dream he's put in your heart, he put it in your heart. I'm talking about the one he put it in your heart. Let me dream again. Let me see the vision again. And help me. And if you don't feel like getting up, he's a present help in trouble. He's a present help in trouble. He is a present help in trouble. He will allow you to dream again. He will allow you to see visions. The visions that he had put in your heart will come to pass. But you got to get up. Call on him again. Some of us, because of the things that have happened in our lives, we're not trusting God. Why not give him another chance? We missed and realized that all things do work together do they all feel good no god they don't have i cried many nights myself oh yes i have and if i think hard now i'll cry but one thing i know that god is always with me he's never forsaken me he never leaves us nor does he forsake us trust in the lord with all of your heart don't lean to your understanding stop trying to figure out why why he did it we can ask him why if you want to he's your daddy ask him he may tell you and he may not tell you. But the truth of the matter is, he still loves us. His love for you is so far past finding out. Trust in the Lord 
There was one songwriter, songwriter, I remember the song, said, why not trust God again? Why not trust God again? We gotta do something. What we're doing not working for us. We, some of us feel like we're dropping deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in a hole. Just dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. But if we trust him, he'll reach in and get us. Oh yes, he will. Call on him and he'll answer. And he'll show you great and mighty things that you didn't even know. The, the, these lepers had no clue that they can go in and go in from tent to the, sit down, cross their leg and eat food that was already prepared for them. That had already been prepared. Look at what God can do. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. What he did back then, he'll do it again. We just have to trust him. Call on him. Talk to him again. If you've given up on God, or if you feel like this is the last hope, I'm here to tell you, I've been there too. And he came through for me. He held me when I didn't want to hold on no more. When I didn't want to hold on no more, he held me close. That seemed like when he held me the closest. When I gave up, he, he didn't give up on me. And that's what God has for us today. Be encouraged in your walk with the Lord. Be encouraged. There is nothing too hard for God. Hallelujah. Let's talk to the Father. Father, we bless you. We honor you this morning. You're an awesome God. You're here with us. You're ever with us. Forgive us for giving up on you. But I thank and we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Because we feel the stirring in our heart again. Forgive us, Lord. But we bless you. But letting us know it's not over yet. It's not over. Mm -mm, it's not over. Because you still stirring. We still hear you talking to us. We still hear you talking to us. It's not over. And we bless you for it. Strengthen your people with might in the enemy. Cause our eyes to see past what we're going through and who we think we are. Help our eyes to see us like you see us. We are your children. And you, God, are gathering us under your wings. There's so much people, so many people will be helped because of the visions that you put in our lives. People's lives will change because of what you're putting in our lives. And we bless you for it. Just like what you did in those leopards helped to save a whole city. God, what you can put in our lives can help to change nations. We bless you for you because you have us on your mind and we bless you for it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We thank God. Amen. 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 And if you don't know the Lord and Lord and Savior, just ask him right there. Father, just say, God, help me. Forgive me of my sins. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. I believe on you, Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for accepting me into the kingdom. Thank God. Amen. You know, it's just that simple. If you simply obey.